When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. To Cassie, one touch to McDavid in over the line with Nugent Hopkins. Shoot, scores! Connor McDavid on the two-on-one pulls the trigger, and the Oilers are up 2-1. to one. And that would be the final tonight at Rogers Place. Connor McDavid scores both goals for the Edmonton Oilers. He now has 20 on the season. Second in the entire league behind only Toronto's Austin Matthews. So the Oilers win in Calgary last night, get the second half of the back-to-back tonight at home against the Jets. Their record is now 20-13 and on the season. The Jets are 18-10-2, and and it's getting bunched up at the top of the North Division. Edmonton and Toronto both with 40 points. Now, Toronto's advantage is they have three games in hand, so they have a better points percentage than Edmonton, 667 to 606. The Jets now third in points at 38 and still second in points percentage at 633. So a really good race. Montreal still hanging around, and, of course, Calgary trying to push into the top four. But the story is tonight's game as Rob Brown joins us here on Loge Level on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line coming to you from inside Rogers Place. Quiet first period, really quiet first period, little more activity in the second period, relatively quiet third. I mean, there weren't a lot of shots, there mm-hmm. weren't a lot of grade-A scoring chances, and the Oilers' big gun offensively makes the difference. Well, Connor McDavid was all-world in this hockey game in a game where a, a number of in great offensive talents had quiet nights. He, Connor's game was very loud. Uh, he, he scored the two goals. He created. He gave Archibald a backdoor tap, and he created uh, a, an opportunity for 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 Yessi and a, and a, a wonderful backdoor opportunity. Uh, he set up the empty net goal that he eventually was called back. Uh, a couple other really good scoring opportunities. And you start thinking through. Okay, what did Leon have tonight? What did Shifley have? Huh? Can't think of anything for Ellers. All the other stars it, it, were very quiet, and that's because both teams did such a good job playing defense. They, 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 not a lot of odd man rushes. There was one shift where Winnipeg got two, so the teams didn't make those big mistakes. They clamped down in their own zone. The goaltenders did a good job not giving second opportunities. They covered their rebounds, but Connor was able to break through the stifling defense and create scoring chance after scoring chance. And the thing that you we, we see now with Connor is when he does get chances, he's not afraid to shoot the puck. He used to be, he always felt he had to be unselfish. He had to make the play to give his teammate the better opportunity. Now he realizes, you know what, I'm a better hockey player and the team benefits if I take the best play available. And tonight, the two-on-one, he has Nuge backdoor, but he shoots the puck. That was the right play. Uh, And it was the right play because earlier in the game, he scored it in the exact same spot in the, and put it at the exact play, same place on Brassois. So uh, McDavid was the star of this game, and it was a good thing because the Oilers needed everything that they got out of him because the Winnipeg Jets played pretty good themselves. And Miko Koskinen, I, I got to point this out, Rob. 
he makes 24 saves tonight. The Jets outshot the Oilers 25-21. Like we said, not a ton of shots, but he's making the saves. He's been plagued sometimes by an early goal against. That didn't happen tonight. And the the talk around Koskinen this year was, okay, how is he going to handle the workload early in the season? Every game, every game, every game. Skinner spelled him off for just that one game. And very mixed results, probably below average yep. results. So, I mean, yep. what, what you'd say it was below average overall. I just do- I just updated the numbers because I mentioned it on the face-off show as well. Since Smith came back from injury, Miko Koskinen is 4-3, and three, which is an okay record, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, he only allowed two goals in Vancouver in his last game. His save percentage is 932 since Smith came back from injury, and now he's basically only playing every third or fourth game. That is, uh, those are excellent numbers for a backup goaltender, and and that's what you want. You want a backup goaltender that when you put him in the net, he gives you a quality start and a chance to win, and and he's done that. Uh, Tonight, I thought he looked very composed. You know, we've talked about it at the end of certain games. You're like, okay, he got it done, but it wasn't pretty. Tonight, uh, he was... I'm spot on. Uh, Getting out of the net to make plays with the puck, uh, clearing rebounds. He he never looked unsure or or without confidence on any play or any shot that was on net. And I know from experience that when you are playing, whether you're on the ice or you're on the bench and you look back at your goaltender and he looks confident, there's a sigh of relief. Okay, he's on tonight. And I guarantee you, the players will be talking about that on the bench. Okay, yeah, he, Miko's got it tonight. He's good. So come on, boys. This is the night we can push forward. Uh, he's been very good since he was, well, since Smith came back. And it, he was put in a poor situation. And it was a poor situation because things happen with waiver wires and guys getting picked up. And they, they thought they had protection in case there was an injury and that player was gone. And all of a sudden, Miko had to play back-to-back and and 12 in whatever 18 nights or 20 nights whatever it was it was too much and he he was the fall guy for it but he he didn't complain he didn't bitch he just went out and did his job and now that he's getting the proper rest and he's being used the proper way you're seeing that he's a very very capable backup goaltender and the Oilers are getting consistent strong starts consistent strong starts and when you've got the two best players in the world on your team and your goaltenders giving you consistent strong starts you got a good chance of putting together a bit of a run and the Oilers have done that yeah for sure and Koskinen's performance here going to be our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors if it hurts see a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com slash hockey we don't have a award for the hard luck player of the game but I think I would have to give it to Mark Shifley he gets absolutely <laughs> drilled by a slap shot late in the first period you were doubtful he was going to come back when, when because, he went off yeah because he you know he looked like he was going to have to be thrown in a wheelbarrow to get him <laughs> off the ice and then he started the second period and then the best really I think the best scoring chance for the Jets probably in the game mm-hmm. uh, 40 seconds left the puck comes to him with Brossois on the bench for an extra attacker. Oh, yeah. Connor had the puck on his stick, and he tried beating a, a jet, and, and it got poked off. And all of a sudden, the Oilers were caught with, with numbers against. And the puck went back door to Shifley, and he, he had the whole open net. Koskinen was down, and there was, it was, there was four jets in there, and, and there was a bit of a cluster, and the puck bounced out to Shifley. Wide open net. He's a, a right-handed shot. He was on his one-time side. Uh, we've seen over the years how many times he buried those, and the puck just bounced on him. 
And uh, in all honesty, with the scoring chance that that was, this game should have been going into overtime. But when you uh, play a good game as the Oilers did, sometimes you get bounces, sometimes you get breaks. They got one at the end of the game and a very important two points. But yes, it was a tough night for Shifley. And one thing that I noticed though tonight, now I don't know if it's the ice or the pucks, the, the pucks did seem to be bouncing a lot to, for both teams. And there was an, I saw about four or five players that fell just out of the blue. I saw, um, oh, in the, the defensive zone, was it DeMello? Just, just, it's almost like he blew a wheel at one point. Wheeler at center blew a wheel at one point. So it was just, a, it was a weird night when you were expecting fireworks. There weren't. But two very important points for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, Rob, I mean, it's the middle of March in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. You've, you've felt how hot it is outside. How do you possibly maintain an ice surface? <laughs> well, I know how. When it's how. plus 12. Like, when it's wow. minus 3 in the arena, <laughs> then it seems to keep the ice very cold. <laughs> as my space heater right now is blowing hot air on me so I don't get hypothermia. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it did look the, it looked off a little bit. There was a number of plays where the puck just seemed to be a little bounce. I mean, even the, the, the empty net goal that was called back, Pulley the puck bounces on him, and that's what turned it into an offside. It was funny. I, I don't know if the Winnipeg Jets had even looked at their video screen when they called for the uh, coaches review i think they're like hey oh they have yeah, this game is over i don't even know if it's offside or not but we're gonna go and it was the right call the absolute right call barely but the right call it gave the Winnipeg Jets an opportunity and they just about capitalized. Yeah, that's one of those where you challenge it. Okay, so if you're wrong, you're shorthanded. The but game's it's over anyway. With a minute six left, yes. so you're going to lose. You're going to lose anyway. But yeah, that that was that was a close one. At at full speed, I thought, oh maybe, but it's it's pretty hard to tell. And we're kind of looking over it where the boards are a bit in the way yeah. from where we are. But I, I do think it was uh, the right call. Well, actually, all three go. Uh, the first goal McDavid scored. Nugent Hopkins, it was close. The goal that the Winnipeg Jets scored, and you, they took a long time. Dave Tiffett took a long time before he said, okay, play on, drop the puck. It was close. But it also shows you, I mean, the ref, the linesmen are quite good at making the calls. But all of them were very close tonight. And unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers, and really unfortunately for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, his was the one that was offside. So the Oilers take it 2-1. All the scoring in the second period. McDavid, his 19th from Nurse and Barry at 3.53. Then Perot, a tip of a shot by Thompson. Lewis also assisted. That was at 12.43. Just 38 seconds later at 13.21, McDavid got his 20th from Cassian and Barry. And that was a nice play by Cassian. It was a really nice play. Terrible play by the Winnipeg Jet defenseman, but a nice play by Cassian. He put the puck in an area to allow McDavid to skate into it. I know at first they announced it was uh, Pugliarvi got the assist, but that was a nice play by Cassian, who, well, again, subtle, but two games back, two points. That's a nice start for Cassian coming back from being injured. The two goals tonight means a $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers. They're given $100 for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season, so their donation now up to a very generous $11,000 and $200. All right, we're going to call a quick timeout. We're going to bring you Dave Tippett's post-game availability. He's going to start here in a couple of minutes. The Oilers take it. They're up to 40 points on the season. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Okay, the Oilers take it 2-1 over the Winnipeg Jets. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight.
Yamamoto did not play tonight. Got a couple of people texting in what happened to Kyler Yamamoto. We don't know exactly what is wrong with him. We'll see what, uh, if anything, Dave Tippett says post-game here. He did say this morning. Now, to be fair, Dave Tippett says this almost every <laughs> day, uh, morning of a game if they don't have a full skate that, uh, well, there's a couple of guys we're keeping an eye on. So we find out that Yamamoto was one of those guys. So he didn't play tonight. And it's Josh Archibald that moves up in the lineup. Well, it, Yamamoto is a big loss. The one thing that the Oilers have, have tried to do is keep pairs together. And Connor and RNH have been a pair, and Leon and Yamamoto. And it was noticeable tonight. Archibald is uh, a, a nice hockey player that can go up and down your lineup, but offensively, he's, he doesn't think the game the same way as a Yamamoto. And that's not a slight that Yamamoto is just a, a different type of hockey player. That line was a little quieter. Having said that, all lines other than Connor McDavid were a little quieter offensively. It was a it was a much different hockey game than I think that we were expecting. It was a a very tight checking game that favored certain players in, in the lineup. I thought Archibald again played to his strengths when he was out on that line. And he's one is it sitting in the press box talking to people during the game. And one of the things that was brought up is Archibald when he plays, all the little plays he makes right. He gets the pucks out all the time. Gets the pucks in all the time. Always the first guy back on the uh, on the back check. Make sure he's in the right shooting lanes. And, and that's what a coach falls in love with. It's like we're in a one-goal hockey game. We got a lead. Okay, get this Archibald kid out there time and time again because I know what I'm getting each and every shift. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That's the CertainTeed hotline. CertainTeed professional-grade building materials pro all the way. Tyson Berry now has 26 assists and 30 points. He gets two more assists tonight. So six assists in these uh, past two games. I believe uh, Hedman leapfrogged him and now... Barry leapfrogs uh, Hedman again. Hedman with a couple gays in hand for the defenseman point scoring lead. Though I don't think <laughs> we should complain whether the Oilers have the first, second, or third. Petrie's up there too, uh, uh, point uh, getting defenseman in the in the NHL. I, I you know, I, I see some of the. And again, we talked about it a little bit uh, on the faceoff show with Cam and John Shannon. It's funny how his game gets picked apart, even though in a lot of ways he's exactly what the Oilers needed, someone who can get the puck to, to the star players. And yes, I realize it's okay. Yeah, sure, some of them are second assists, but the play also has to start somewhere. Well, he's all, but he's getting the second assists for the last how many number of years where they didn't have Oilers defensemen getting those. Uh, Tyson Berry is a very, very good offensive defenseman. Uh, there's no question. He's had success everywhere he went. Once Babcock was gone in Toronto, he became a much better offensive defenseman in Toronto as well. Uh, he's good. Does he have, you know, warts in his game? Yes. But it's funny. When, when people question someone who's an offensive defenseman about their defensive play, you don't hear them when the guy's a strong defensive player. Well, he doesn't score enough. So to me, Tyson Bears is what he is and let him be that because he's very successful at it. Oilers take it 2-1. We'll go to the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Uh, Dave, can you uh, discuss uh, what Connor McDavid has done since uh, those three Toronto games where he didn't get a point? And also the role that... Uh, that uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, played on those two goals and what he gives 
this team on a lot of nights when some nights you don't hit the score sheet. Well, Connor's game is, you know, it's uh, it's been really solid all year. You know, even uh, you know, even the Toronto games, he didn't get on the score sheet, but if you look at the chances he was creating and stuff, there was still lots to like about his game. So he's, uh, you know, when he capitalizes, people notice that more, and he capitalizes a lot. So he has an impact on the game. Nuge is just a real good, smart player. Nuge does a lot of things that go unnoticed probably by a lot of people, but end up, you know, they really help our team be successful. So... You need, you need good players to uh, give yourself a chance to win, and both those guys are real good players. Can you also talk about Connor? It seems to, uh, well, his shot total is up this year, uh, but he also seems to have a that uh, no-look uh, move uh, evolve to a point where it's uh, maybe even an extra weapon. Can you describe yeah. the evolution of that? You know what? He... Uh, his offensive abilities and different ways to create offenses is off the charts. What I like most about him this year is he's come in with a real determined mindset to defend well, be a real good, solid player in our own end. And our whole coaching staff talks about it every day, how, how much he's dug into playing a real winning style of game. And, uh, you know, I think... There was some criticism in the summer towards him and Dreisaitl who was, uh, I didn't think was warranted, but he, he's taken it to heart and he's turned into a much better 200-foot player. And so you notice the great things he does in the game offensively, but he is a solid defender, you know, a dependable player in our own zone. And uh, he doesn't get enough credit for that. So I agree with you. The, the great stuff he does with uh, the offensive abilities and the different weapons he has, but... The uh, the ability for him to play in critical situations, not just offensively but defensively, is really coming out in his game, and it's helping our team win. Ryan Shrog, TSN. Just bouncing off that idea, Dave, was that really evident tonight? Like, I know he got the two goals, but it seemed like his attention to detail defending tonight, like he was all all over that part of it when you guys, yeah. you know, were defending that lead. You know what? It's a it was a it's a tough game. I mean, tougher. It looked like, for lack of a better way to put it, a muddy track out there, and it, it was uh, both teams playing last night, getting in late, and you know, it was one of those games where one or two plays was probably going to dictate the outcome, whether it be a save or a, you know a capitalize on an opportunity. And Connor capitalized on two opportunities for us, and it was the difference in the game. So. Uh, but other than that, you you know you in a game like that, you just got to stay with it. You just you can't. You got to try to give up as little as you can, and fatigue becomes a factor. But you try to try to muscle through as best you can, and you just when you get a lead, you try to you know muscle it through and and uh, and get it to the end, and that's what we did. So you got a minute left in the game, and you're looking down your bench. You know some of the choices are obvious. Uh, you throw Pugliardi over the boards. Has he become an easy and, and a more obvious choice in that situation, you know, since when, when you first started coaching him earlier this year? 
Well, I didn't know him. You know, now you get to know him, you see what he does in a game. His work ethic and physical play is phenomenal. Like, he's he's a hard player to play against. And he's improved his wall play. I mean, the, his attention to detail, defending has, has really improved. So he's a, he's a hard player. He's a hard player. Like, he's, he's a real good player. And uh, I don't think people recognize how hard he plays all the time, whether it's in front of their net or on the wall or back checking. I mean, he's, he's a competitive player, and those are the kind of players you need in situations like that. Rob Kuchkowski, Post Media. Hi, Dave. Uh, in, a, in a condensed season, and I guess maybe more importantly with the playoffs on the horizon, how valuable is it for a coach to be able to roll four lines uh, of guys out there that he can trust? Well, it's... Uh, as a coach, you love it when you trust everybody, but, you know, if you look at the schedule, you, you really don't have much choice. You know, there's just, uh, it's it's taxing on players, so you're trying to maximize each player, you know, jumping in the lineup tonight. We put Nygaard and Jones in just to try to give us a little more speed in the lineup. They both come in. They were, they were you know, they're solid, not spectacular. They're just solid. So you're looking for some fresh legs, some fresh energy, um, you know, and the ability to, and in games like this, you have to use everybody if you're if you're going to try to be successful. So uh, that's one of the things the taxi squad has done for us this year. You have you have people that are anxious to play, and when they jump in, they can give you a little extra energy on back-to-back nights. And you you know made mention about your your team's improvement on team defense. There've been a lot of coaches come through here to try and get the the Oilers to to commit to that. Uh, why is it taking hold now, and and uh, how much more do you have to go on that front? Oh, you're always looking to improve on that, but it's, uh, you know, you have, you, just like I talked about earlier, when Connor and Leon are buying into it, and it's all about winning. You know, you, to win, you have to be able to defend. You can't, you can't win in the playoffs if you can't defend. So it's recognizing we have to be a good defending team, a good five-on-five five team if we're going to have a chance to be successful in the playoffs. And that's just, that's not, that's not, me saying it, it's the players recognizing it and doing it. Eric Van Dees, Post Media. Hey Dave, I just wanted a, a quick thought on, on Miko Koskinen tonight. It looks like when he makes a good first or second save early in the game, he kind of settles in and I thought he was really good for you guys tonight. He was solid, just really solid, you know, and that's that's what you're asking for. A tough, tough turnaround. Uh, you know, you're asking a lot from your goaltender, you know, you're, you know your team is you're hoping it's going to be a low event game because you know the two, both teams are tired. But that being said, there's going to be some fatigue come into the game and some probably some plays coming against them. You're going to need some stops from your goaltender, and that's what he did tonight. He, he gave us a chance to win. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. If there are no more questions. This includes tonight's media available. Hey, that is Dave Tippett commenting after the Oilers beat the Winnipeg Jets 2-1 here at Rogers Place. Connor McDavid scores twice. He's up to 20 goals on the season. I like that one comment. He said it was a muddy track out there. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like that for a while. But I thought both teams did a really good job clogging up the middle. And uh, Edmonton saying, okay, they got three lines that can score. They got two that are very, very powerful up front. Let's not give them any free ice in the neutral zone and the opposite side the Jets okay we don't want dry settle or McDavid picking up speed and coming through the neutral zone with that speed so let's make sure that we just condense and put 
everyone in there. Now they got to go through a minefield to get to our end. And both teams did that for for the major part, except for two mistakes that the Jets made, and both those mistakes Connor capitalized on. Hey, we're going to go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have a special guest calling in live tonight. Winger for your Edmonton Oilers, Tyler Ennis, joining us on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Tyler, you're on with Reed and Rob. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. We appreciate you taking the time to give us a buzz. Uh, we were just talking about uh, your head coach saying that it was, it was a bit of a muddy track out there and, and at times uh, a low event game. You, you were out there. Kind of take us through the rhythm and the flow of this one. I think it was two teams that were on the back end of a back-to-back uh, with some travel. And, um, you know, we knew it was kind of going to be a chess match. Um, Winnipeg, Winnipeg plays stingy. Um, so we just had to limit our chances and, and trust that uh, if we play tight, our uh, our skill guys will take over. And Connor had two great goals, and uh, that was the difference. Koski played great too. Tyler, one of the things that's different this year is is the taxi squad and the number of players that uh, each team's allowed to carry. And the Oilers have used that uh, a number of times this year. What is it like uh, in the practice? Is it is it more competitive? Is it guys pumping each other up? Just having so many guys that are, you know, trying itching to get back in the lineup. And I know that a number of players on the team have gone through it thus far this year. Uh, I mean, it's it's. It, I think it's it's on the player to stay ready. Um, you know, it can be frustrating. You know, when you feel like you deserve to be in the lineup and you're not. Um, so I, I think it, the onus is on the player to to have a good mindset, stay mentally ready, um, stay physically ready, and, and be hungry. Tyler, this this team didn't start very well, obviously, with it being 3-6, and six, and you had a tough run a couple of weeks ago when Toronto came in here and won three in a row. But so far, the team has been able to recover from tough stretches. Where does that come from? Like, does that start with the coaching staff? Does it start with some of the veterans on the team? Just wondering where that bounce-back mentality has uh, originated from. Yeah, I think in those situations, you, you can either learn from it and grow, or, you know, it can, it can let you affect you negatively, and, and you can kind of fall into a, you know, a losing streak. And I think we've done a good job. I think leadership is super important in those um, scenarios. I think experience is key. I think knowing that the season is always peaks and valleys, you have to stay, you have to stay even keeled. And I think Toronto came in and and we learned from that. You know, they all played us. They played the right way. They played tight. And I think we're trying to tighten up. And uh, you know, we've we've had good games since then, and we're learning, and we're continuing to learn. One of the things that has really benefited you this year is your ability to move up and down the lineup. When you're going in the lineup and you're playing with Leon or you're playing on the wing with Connor or vice versa, you're playing more of a defensive role in a checking line. Is there anything that you do before the game um, thinking why? Like, do you, do you go into the game, okay, I got to change my game this way or I got to be more this tonight because of who I'm playing or do you just go into the game, play your game and you're there for a reason? Yeah, I think... <sighs> You know, it, 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 it's fun playing with certain guys. I think for myself, I I have to play a certain way. You always have to play hard. You have to um, simplify and let the game come to you. And then, and then when you get chances, you build, and, and then you can get a little more creative. And 
uh, depending on who you're with and situation and what your role is that night. It, it all kind of depends, but I think that's just experience. I think, um, you know, I've been around a while now to, to kind of learn and, and, and kind of know what to do in certain scenarios, and it's fun. It's it's a fun challenge. And Tyler, uh, one more here, uh, kind of on a lighter note. Unfortunately, we don't have fans this year, but part of your story is you are an Edmontonian now playing for the Oilers. So if this were a normal season, how many ticket requests would you have for the average game? Um, I, I, it's it's disappointing that there's no fans. I'll put it that way. You know, it's. Uh, it's a time in my life where I'm still kind of pinching myself. You know, I wake up and, you know, it's it's so cool that I'm on the Oilers. I grew up a fan. Um, you know, it was my dream to play in the NHL. And to be on an Oilers team that's, you know, competitive and, you know, have two of the best players in the world. And, you know, it's uh, it's so, it's so uh, exciting every day. And uh, the other aspect of being an Oiler is how great the fans are. And um, it's disappointing that, you know, that's an experience I'm missing out on that we're all missing out on. Um, so hopefully we can get some fans in the rink and this uh, whole pandemic can end soon. And, you know, we can get back to normal and have those great fans back in the building giving us a boost but uh yeah i think there'd be uh, quite a few ticket requests <laughs> well tyler we appreciate you taking the time to call in tonight congratulations on the victory and have a good one on saturday night thanks for having me that's tyler ennis from the edmonton oilers joining us live on the certainty hotline as his team wins tonight 2-1 over the winnipeg jets it's neat him talking about how he, he it was a goal or a hope that he would someday play for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm from Edmonton too, and I can tell you that I know that the there's always been a, a problem at times attracting free agents to Edmonton. But I can tell you with 100% certainty, guys that grew up here, guys that are from this area, would give anything to have the opportunity to play for the Edmonton Oilers. And you could hear it in his voice how excited he is. It will be nice. Maybe maybe we can. If the Oilers go on a bit of a run here, we can somehow get fans in this rink before the season is over. And that could be a goal right there. The players say, all right, let's play long enough till we get this place filled. And hopefully the Oilers can have a little bit of a run. Well, tonight they saw what they can do against one of the best teams in, in their division. Hopefully this continues. Yeah, I think we might. Uh, I mean, you know, there's obviously the, been the story out that the, the Oilers have put together a, a proposal to try to get at least some people in here. And I'm sure, especially early on, there'd be uh, healthcare workers and, and frontline workers and possibly some family members being able to come in. So, yeah, that definitely would be. Uh, and, and we had uh, Chris King on the show yesterday who does Islanders play by play. And they've had, I think they had about a thousand fans in for a game. And he said, it sounded like almost a full rink because the people are so excited and want to make so much noise. Well, it, then it would be nice and you wouldn't have to listen to the fake noise anymore. You could hear well, actual real, yeah, yeah, real people <laughs> yelling, which would be which would be nice too. Oilers take it 2-1-7-8-0-4-9-6-0-0-6-3. We have Miles standing by. Hey, Miles, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hi, guys. I always enjoy listening to you. Rob, I have a question for you. Um, if coaches are going to insist that, that players block shots mm-hmm. and they're not padded like goalies, why don't they wear padding on their ankles and skates? Like, is it uncomfortable? Why don't they do that? S- some of them do. A lot of players do. I, it was earlier this year, probably in the last couple of weeks, that I 
was it Chris Russell? Somebody, one of the Oilers players took a puck in the foot and you saw that the, the plastic that he has on the outside of his skate exploded. So some players do. A lot of uh, more normally guys that are prone to blocking shots will wear protective uh, coverings over their skates that do help. Uh, and, it, it, and you're absolutely right about the number of injuries and, and blocking shots. To me, nowadays, it's almost the only time you see someone get hurt is either blocking a shot, getting into a fight. So uh, there are players that wear extra padding. Uh, not all of them do. Some of them wouldn't find it comfortable. And those players that don't find it comfortable, when they do get hit in the foot, they wish they had gone with the uncomfortable footwear because uh, it, it would suck. Like we saw tonight Shifley blocks a shot if that was a broken foot he's gone almost for the rest of the regular season this year exactly. and that would be a horrible horrible injury for the winnipeg jets so yeah i don't know how many guys reed might know better than i do i don't know how many oilers do wear the protective coverings on their feet but there are players and it is available to all players uh, yeah i would oh, think okay. all the defensemen do i'm just trying to think and they also have them kind of uh, over the laces yep. and part way up the the front of their well you're, that's the way you're, you're now that's where you're supposed to block the right. shot you're supposed to face <laughs> so that the laces are facing out but human nature says when someone's shooting really hard you turn <laughs> sideways and that's well where we saw Shifley get a hit in the foot um i've i broke my foot had surgery twice on the same foot but from blocking a shot didn't want to do it ever again after that but we didn't have the protective coverings so yes they have it it is available but I, I'm sure it's as, as comfortable as can be, but some players, they just won't wear it. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. And we've seen, I mean, Nugent Hopkins, it was four or five years ago now. Remember he broke his hand? I think it was in yep. Florida. And we've seen a few, you see, you see hand injuries because they crouch down a little bit, right? So now your hand is almost down by your knees, and if the shot's off the ice, bang, hits the hand and broken and, hand, broken finger. And again, on that one, you're supposed to have the outside of your glove facing forward, but we're hockey players, we're dumb, and it, oh, we're going to make a glove save, and you don't realize how hard the puck hurts when it hits you in the hand. But yeah, again, uh, a number of guys do break their hands with shots. Pucks hurt. These guys are shooting pucks now. I mean, the bad shooters are 85 to 95 miles an hour. So the good guys, it, it hurts. Uh, but it is now expected. It's not encouraged. It is expected to get in shooting lanes and block shots, and that's why you see injuries. All right, the Oilers take it 2-1. Whenever they score five or more in a game, like they did last night, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That's presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. We also have John on the open line. John, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, sir. Oh, hey, guys. First of all, I want to say that um, who would have thought that Jack Roslovic would have been the better player than <laughs> Liony and Roslovic coming over in the deal? But uh, Patrick Liony's, uh he's really started to tick me off now, and um, I almost started to think his attitude is like Ray Emery, like, you know, sit down, shut up, and get dialed into what we're doing here, or get the um, freak out of here, okay? Um, uh, I also want to say that um, I think, well, Yarmo, I think Yarmo might move him um, uh, that, with his attitude. Uh, I hate guys like that. And um, Rob, what's, like, well, first of all, Reed, I want to say, well, hopefully Rob throws in one of his minor league stories. I love his minor league stories <laughs> about the two wives fighting. I love that. Um, Rob, I heard a story one time, like in between periods, Mike Keenan, um, I've seen Curtis Joseph say it on TSN, that um, he grabbed a hockey stick and slammed it down on the table 
and held the broken shaft to the player's throat and said, I'm challenging you, you stupid mother. And Rob, like, what's one story that you've seen in between periods that made you sit back and go, holy cow, this guy is, like, right off the rails. Okay. And I'll just hang up and listen. Thanks, okay. Thanks, John. <laughs> well, um, that's a good wow. one. Well, he... well, Jack Michaels. Oh, a player. Sorry, a oh. player. <laughs> I'm like, Jack Michaels, what? Well, I mean, the one time I said something, well, I talked over Jack, and then he smacked me across the head. He said, don't, you do not talk over me. I'm Jack Michaels. Um, well, I mean, there's some, there are things that I know that I, I've played through, and I, some I just don't want to bring up on air because I don't want to be uh, the center of a story. But um, I, I remember in between, I don't know if it was between periods or just when the game ended in Chicago and Mike Keenan was mad. We lost and he started screaming at Michelle Goulet, just screaming, calling him everything. Called, I mean, this is Michelle Goulet, like we're talking Hall of Fame player who's at near the end of his career. And he just gave it to him for betcha about 10 minutes. And finally, Michelle Goulet just looked at Mike and goes, Mike, I, I didn't play tonight. I'm standing here in my suit. I didn't play. You sat me out. I was a healthy scratch. How can you be yelling at me for this loss that we had tonight? Uh, that, that was Mike. He, I saw another time that he and he, there is a bar. They're in a bar the night before a game or something, and he saw Chris Chelios in the bar, and they, he sat with Chelly and they drank. And the next day, he fined Chelly for being out after curfew, even though he was drinking with Mike Keenan. So uh, I could go. I, could, I got a lot of stories. I played for a lot of coaches, and some liked me, some didn't. The Oilers win 2-1 tonight over the Jets. Connor McDavid scores both. You're going to hear from him. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line is back after the news and weather. Okay, the Oilers get their 20th win of the season. 2-1 over the Jets tonight. McDavid scores both for Edmonton. Perot had the Winnipeg goal. So atop the North Division in points, Edmonton and Toronto have 40. Winnipeg has 38 in points percentage. It's Toronto 667, Winnipeg 633, Edmonton 606. So very tight. And Edmonton and Winnipeg are going to play again on Saturday. Toronto, by the way, plays Calgary tomorrow so uh, we'll see how that one goes Calgary trying to track down Montreal currently in fourth spot Glenn the bartender writes in he says two things this was the best ref game I've seen in years not a lot of missed calls absolutely no team bias to be seen that's a rarity we need more of this and his number two is Miko gets no love he's a good solid unspectacular goalie who isn't known for clutch saves but seems to persevere no matter how badly the team leaves him in the wind the combination of him and Mike Ponce de Leon Smith is good enough <laughs> for this year. Well, we're going to make Glenn the bartender the fourth star of the game for a Fountain of Youth reference in his text. That's courtesy Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, your hockey destination. Make your reservation at Mr. Mike's. .ca. Not only does he use big words, he was spot on with both. I thought it was a, a well-refed hockey game. Uh, they let the players play, and uh, Koskinen has quietly, as you just, with the stats earlier in the broadcast, has quietly gone about doing what he, uh, what they hoped that he would do coming into the season, be a very good um, rotation goaltender. He's given them solid starts every start since Mike Smith has come back. Mike from North Edmonton says, I thought Ethan Bear gave up the puck in the corners too many times. Uh, is it just me or was he better last season? Well, uh, Tip talked about that earlier today too. Ethan Bear missed a, a, a lot of time. What is it, three weeks, three and a half weeks after he took the puck to the head when the Leafs were here back mm -hmm. earlier in the season? 
Uh, I don't think we've quite seen the same maybe offensive flair that we saw from him last year. Now, Barry's getting prob- getting some of the ice time that Bear uh, would have got. But I, I think they're going to stick with Bear. Uh, I mean, I think he's had some ups and downs. Tough pinch yesterday, obviously. But I, I think that, uh, you know, they've invested some time in here and, and want to see how he works through all this. Well, they know what his um, ceiling is because they've seen what he did last year. Uh, is he playing as well as that? No. Uh, sometimes players in, in the second year as a sophomore, there's a bit of a drop-off. Is uh, the new of the game or the new of playing in the National Hockey League is gone? It becomes more of a, uh, a grind. You're not surprising anyone that you play against anymore. And there's also a book on you. Uh, when someone comes up and, and you're seeing them for the first or second time, you don't say, okay, I don't know anything. You'll sit in the dressing room and you'll say, does anyone know this bear kid? Like, can you go wide on him? What is he, what's his shot like? How does he move laterally? What's his tendencies? There's no book on him. But all players, once you've played a season, they'll do video on it. They'll have the coaches, okay, here's, here's his tendencies. Here's what he does. Here's what he's good at. Here's what he's not good at. And there's that... Uh, realization as the player okay now I got to branch out and be and be get better I've got to start adding to my game because now they know what I'm capable of now I got to go out and do something different and I think that's why players in their second year sometimes find that it's a little harder and as they become more experienced they come become better uh, the Oilers are certainly not giving up on Bear and they're hoping that he continues to progress and becomes you know whether it's a top four or top six whatever but at least a consistent player that they can trust on any given night we have Terry on the certainty hotline who's also going to finish the play with us but first Terry what's on your mind hi yeah thanks very much for taking my call um I'm uh, grateful to the coach for bringing up a point um of course, when you watch a game, you watch uh, Dreisaitl, McDavid, and the Nuge. But do you know who I've been watching really carefully, and he adds a lot of excitement to the game, is Pugliarvi. Every time he's on the ice, something happens. No, you're right. And, it, he's been, he's, he, never, he never gives up. Yeah, he's, I mean, you know? if, if Mike Smith wasn't having the season he's having... Pugliarvi would be the story of the Oilers this year, and for a lot of oh, people, he is. He, incredible. He brings an energy, an infectious energy on the ice when he plays, and he's yeah. starting to become what everyone had hoped that he would be. Now, he's playing a different type of game than probably many expected of him, uh, but tonight, we watched, like, <laughs> Reed and I talked at the end of the, I don't know, it was the first period of the second period, he, he bowled over a Winnipeg Jet going to the net, yeah. like, absolutely flattened the guy. Uh, and this is just something that uh, no one expected to be part of his game. But, yeah, he's well, effective. Er, and, and he's earlier, earned the trust. Earlier on in the year, um, he got hit a couple of times and didn't fight back. But I think somebody must have spoken to him because he now is, you know. You know what? I, don't honestly, don't, I honestly don't know if someone speaks to him. I think it's just experience. I think oh, yeah. there's there's an intimidation factor. When you come in and all of a sudden you're looking up, the game's faster than you'd ever would have expected. The guys are bigger. The guys are stronger. Uh, yeah. And, and you, you do get pushed around until eventually you say, okay, you know what? I do belong here. And once you realize and gain the confidence to say, hey, uh, I belong here, that's when you start yeah. pushing back. And you do. You see it in his game. I, we watched a face-off tonight where I think it was Pullman who looks 
like he's about six foot ten, kept two-handing yeah. him off the fa- face-off, and Pugliarvi yeah. was giving it back. That's a player that feels confident in his role on this team now. All right, Terry, we're going to have hey, you couple, finish the play. Other, can I make a couple of other points? Well, I want to uh, do the contest, buddy. We want you to win something, oh, the contest. okay? Oh, fantastic. Let's do the contest. You're going to get a Hungry Herd premium sampler box just for playing. Hungry Herd, top-quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. Kellen, what do you have? Nurse with a puck in the Oilers zone. Left wing, Nugent Hopkins comes into the Jets and left wing across. Here is McDavid in front to Archibald. And the save made by Brassois. Okay, Terry. Laurent Brassois in goal for Winnipeg. What team did he play for in the Western Hockey League? <laughs> oh, in the Western Hockey League? Yes. Uh, I'll give you a hint. One of the team's cities was on the ice tonight. And it's not well, Winnipeg. One of the teams, well, yeah, oh, it's Edmonton. Of course, he used to play for Edmonton, but that's not the Western Hockey League. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What's the name of the team? Well, of course, the Oilers. What's the name of the Western Hockey League team? The Edmonton Oilers. What's nope. the team of the, the junior team? The junior team. That's for here that also has oil in their name, and they're not oh, the Oil yeah. Queens. They're the, the Oil... oil Kings. Yes, you got the it. Oil Kings. You got it. <laughs> i, I got to be honest. We had to walk <laughs> him the through that one. Big assist from Rob Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Vision Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. You know, honestly, it might have been... <laughs> Been easier just to answer it for him. I would. It's the Oil Kings. Save the Oil well, Kings. He, he did play for the Terry. Oilers. He was he was an Oiler as well at some point in his career. So anyway, that's okay. He got there. He eventually he got, got there. there. That's yeah. uh, that's all that matters. Uh, you're still going to hear from Connor McDavid. We'll check the other town scoreboard as well. The Oilers take it two one over the Jets. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Connor McDavid scores twice, two assists for Tyson Berry, an assist each for Nurse and Cassian. Oilers over the Jets 2-1 tonight at Rogers Place. As we go to the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Colorado Avalanche fire 55 shots on Cam Talbot tonight. He stopped 50 of them, (laughs) but... Obviously not enough as the Avalanche win at 5-1 over the Wild. The Ducks beat the Coyotes 3-2 in overtime. Henrique gets the game winner there. Devils over the Penguins 3-2. Bruins beat the Sabres 4-1. The Sabres are 0-11-2 in their last 13 games. And they've already cost their coach the job, and uh, they will be costing a number of players their jobs too as that team will be selling very quickly. Flyers over the Islanders 4-3. So... Good response. It was well. It was uh, it was three nothing Philly. Then the Islanders tied it in they, the third, and then Philly wins. Well, that would have been uh, that might have been even more demoralizing if they gave up a three nothing lead and lost in regulation. Fortunately for the Flyers, they got a, a win, an important one too, because that is another tight division too. That Philadelphia at one point were safely in a playoff spot, and I think they're on the outside looking in now. Seth Jones scores in overtime to get the Blue Jackets past the Hurricanes three two. Tampa Bay wins at home four two against Chicago. Predators win in Florida, 2-1 the final there. And the Red Wings, despite being outshot, beat the Dallas Stars 3-2. Robbie Fabry had a hat-trick in that game. He is up to nine goals on the season. The Oil Kings will play Red Deer three times this weekend, starting tomorrow just next door at the downtown community arena. Brian says, I love that McDavid play on the second goal, being selfish and not forcing the pass. I wish Settle could incorporate a little more of that into his game, especially when he plays with McDavid. He tends to defer too much. 
Well, it's funny. You and I off air were just talking about that. I, 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 I agree with the first part of that text. I might disagree with the second where he says he defers to Connor too much with the passing. I don't mind when he passes the Connor. I think tonight he had a two-on-one with, with Cahoon. What, why, okay, I, I teach kids hockey. And I actually teach with a couple of the academies two-on-ones. And, I, and when I, we go on a two-on-one, I say, okay, first thing you look, see how much time you have. Second thing you look, see who you're with. And that's the important one because, okay, the guy that I'm with, if I'm going down when I played, if I'm going down with Mario, I'm getting him the puck right now. He's better than me. If I'm going down with, uh, I had Bob Airy on my team, okay, I got, I'm better hands than him. So know who you're going down with. And then when you get around the net, well, now you think, okay, is he the better shooter or am I the better shooter? And in Leon's case, he's going down with Cahoon. He's the better shooter. And on the one that Leon had tonight with Dominic, Leon was on his off wing. So his stick is in the best shooting angle, perfect. He passes it to Cahoon. It was a perfect pass. But Cahoon is on his normal wing. So when the puck goes, now he's got a terrible angle for shooting. And because the puck has to go all the way across Cahoon's body, to get to his stick, that gave the goalie, Prassois, enough time to get all the way across there. If it was a one-timer, it's on and off the stick quickly. So, yes, uh, when Leon has two-and-ones, he has to be a little more selfish with the puck. As we've seen with Connor, the book on Connor and Leon for years, they're on a two-and-one, they're passing every single time. And they had a lot of success. Well, then they started running into a little bit of, huh, now the defenseman's taking that pass away. The goalie is cheating across. And the success wasn't as high as it was. Now Connor's shooting the puck. And we've seen him a number of times in the last month or so on two-on-ones shoot because the goalies now don't know what he's doing. And he's got the ability to make a play with the pass or the shot. And he's so good. And he's scoring almost at will on his two-on-ones. It would be good if Leon became a little more selfish. He is, to me, the, the purest goal scorer that the Oilers have. You got the puck on a two-on-one in the middle. No one's going to get mad at you if you shoot the puck because you're going to put it in the net. McDavid's up to 20 goals on the season, just one behind Austin Matthews for the league lead. You'll hear from nine, number 97 when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Connor McDavid, both goals in a 2-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here's the captain. Hey, Connor, can you uh, uh, describe the uh, importance of uh, of uh, uh, RNH on the uh, on both goals in that role, and, and a, a bit about the evolution of that no look pass in that situation? You seem to be developing it to become a bigger and bigger part of your arsenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Nuge uh, just does just about everything out there. Um, you know, kills penalties, plays on the power play, a big part of the power play. Um, you know, and he's, uh, uh, you know, a great five-on-five player. And, you know, both uh, both those play- both those goals he has a, a huge impact on. And if he's not there, they, they, they don't go in. So, um, you know, obviously a uh, great player and uh, fun to play with. And uh, obviously... Uh you have a relationship with uh, um, Matthews uh, that developed a bit more this summer with uh, training and everything like that. Uh, is there a sense of humor involved where you could uh, send him a text tonight and tell him you're one back? Uh, uh, no, definitely not. Uh, I think um, you know winning games is more important. Um, 
know, doing whatever uh, whatever each of us can to, to help our teams do that. Obviously, he's had a tremendous year and um, you know, scoring lots of goals. So um, you know, I'm just trying to do uh, do my thing out there. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Connor, I just want to ask you about the importance. It looked like, obviously, the second game of a back-to-back for both teams. It looked like the legs got a little heavier than third. But just the importance of grinding out that win and then being able to hold off, hold them off and, and just get that win by being able to grind them out in the third period. Yeah, I thought it was a great period. Um, I would have liked us to, to maybe play in the offensive zone a little bit more. It's tough to, to defend for 20, 20 minutes like that. But, you know, I thought we had our chances, um, you know, catching them coming the other way. So, um, you know, and you kind of need to bear down when you have a team uh, team on the ropes like that. And, and then that third one could uh, could really hurt them. But, you know, I loved, uh, I loved the way our team played. I thought, uh, you know, it was solid all over. We really did a good job of clogging up the middle. D really moved pucks well and, and, and broke it out well, and, and Koski held us in there when he had to. And uh, Miko Koskinen today, it looked like when he gets off a good start and settles in, it looks like you know, he can be really effective. It's when he gives up that early goal that maybe sometimes he struggles. What did you think of him today? I thought he was great. Um, you know, kind of a slow start to the game, probably, uh, you know, let him, um, uh, you know, kind of get his feet wet and, and, and feel the puck a bit. I thought. Uh, you know, our team did a good job of, of uh, limiting their chances early on. Um, you know, but he was great in the second period there when they had their little push. So um, I really liked his game and, and, and thought he was actually moving the puck quite well um, when he touched it behind there. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Are right, you guys played a lot of hockey lately, lots of three and four nights. You know, sometimes maybe there, there can be a little mental fatigue as much as physical. You didn't see that tonight. There wasn't a lot of breakdowns. You know, there wasn't a lot of chances either way. You know, maybe this is just a, a maturity game for your group. And if you don't have everything, you just know how to not give up anything. Yeah, I think both teams probably didn't have their legs uh, where they wanted them to be. I think, uh, you know, we both coming off uh, a back-to-back with travel. I think, um, you know, everyone's playing lots of hockey. So, you know, one, one team's going to have a little more jump than the other. And, and, uh, and you have to take advantage of those nights. And, and uh, you know, when you don't have it, you have to find a way to, to win with your B or C game. So um, I thought tonight was a, a good mature win. And uh, you guys, for whatever reason, if there's only one area you struggled in as a team, it's, it's scoring into empty nets. I know tonight was obviously an offside, but um, kind of a, something you could laugh about, I guess, after. But it seems to be a kind of a weird issue for your team this year. Yeah, you know, we've, uh, we haven't been good with them. I think, uh, you know, we've missed a couple where we've had good looks. And tonight, obviously, got a little crossed up at the blue line. So, um, you know, but that kind of goes back to my comment about putting teams out when, when you have them down. I think uh, the empty net is a, a big part of that. Um, you know, you look kind of what happened afterwards. They, they had a couple chances to tie that game. And, you know, we're, we're maybe talking about a different story. So, um, you know, kind of funny to laugh at, I guess, but something we, we, we seriously need to bear down at. Rob Tchaikovsky, Post Media. Hi, Connor. Uh, I mean, the offense can come for you guys, generally speaking. You you know that. But what you sort of really improved on is goals against in the last little while. You're not giving up much of anything. To what extent has that become like a, a main focus for you guys? I mean, it's always a main focus for us. I know. Uh, I know it doesn't always look like that. Um, you know, we're always talking about it. Always trying to. Uh, to limit chances, uh, you know, limit mistakes, and and uh, you know, keep the puck out of our net. It's such a big part of the game. Um, you know, offense comes 
um, you know, however it does, you know, whether it's a power play or, or you know, finding a way to get a chance or, or whatever. But, you know, keeping the puck, puck out has to be a, a full team effort. And I thought uh, it was it was uh, it was evident tonight. With the schedule set up the way it is, teams really get to control their own destiny. You don't have to spend too much time at the out-of-town scoreboard because you're going to face all of the teams that you need to get past. I mean, as a player, how much of uh, how much do you enjoy that? No, they're fun games to be a part of. I think, uh, you know, it's kind of a playoff mentality already. Um, you look at the two in Calgary, I thought... You know, even going back to Vancouver, I thought uh, you know our last uh, our last four games have had that type of feel, and I think uh, it will continue that way throughout. Um, you know, everyone's uh, everyone's kind of in the race, and and uh, you know, a couple off nights, and it, it tightens up real quick. So um, you, know, you need to, to be on your game each and every night. That is Connor McDavid. He scores two, both for Edmonton. The Oilers beat the Jets. 2-1 tonight at Rogers Place. They're going to do it again on Saturday. It'll be an 8 o'clock face-off. The face-off show here on Chad will start at 6.30. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30 Chad. You can get more on this game on 630Chad.com and globalnews.ca. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Thanks for listening and have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.